feet in honor of the word of God. And go ahead and turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 13 in your Bibles. As we have been uh, reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 now for several weeks. And uh, today is the end of our series. And uh, we are still in this series of Love Is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to start reading in verse number 1. Are you there? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself rudely, does not seek its own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believe all things, hopes all things, endures all things. In the first part of verse number eight, love never fails. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace. We thank you, Father, for the power of your word. As always, God, I pray today that you will simply anoint me, Lord, to speak, Lord, what you would have me to speak. I pray that your people will be uh, greatly encouraged and built up by what they hear today. And I pray, Lord, that our love, Lord, will be more perfected and that, Lord God, you will get the glory for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Like I said a moment ago, this has been a fascinating series, and we are in the last part of it. We begin the series talking about love is the greatest gift. How many know the church that we got to get this love thing right? Uh, because the world is looking for love. And I said before, the problem is they're looking for it in all the wrong places. But the church has to emulate. We have to amplify love in a way that persuade men to come to Christ. The Bible says that love is the greatest gift. That's what Paul said. He said that everything that we do, that what's more important is that we love one another. As we said at the beginning of our series, uh, the Corinthian church, they were all at odds. They were fighting each other. They were backbiting. They were stepping on each other's uh, toes. They were showing off their gifts. They were all over the place, and Paul had to show them and had to teach them that it's really about love. We talked about the fact that love is patient a couple of weeks ago, and we celebrated the fact that God has been very, very patient with us. How many of you say that God has been very patient with you? And the same patience that God has given to us, God expects us to give that same patience back to other people. Love is patient. We talked last week about a jealousy, and God really challenged us on this issue of jealousy. And I said before that I've seen this monster, and I call it a monster, that has really permeated the life of the church for so many years. 
And one of the things we understand about love is that when we truly walk in love, we're not jealous of one another. We don't envy each other. In fact, we applaud one another. We are happy when somebody else succeeds in God. Amen? And the primary reason is because it's all in the body. Look at your neighbor and say it's in the body. And we, we also said that whatever God has for you, it is for you. Whatever your gifts, whatever your talents, we echo the fact that you are the only you on, in, on, in all of the world. So we don't need to be jealous of anybody. In fact, how many know that the whole world walks in jealousy? But as the people of God, we do differently because we understand that it is God who works in us to will and to do of his wonderful and magnificent pleasure. So 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, verse 13, verse number 6 is what we're going to focus on today. The Bible says there, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Everybody say truth. We want to talk today about this issue of truth. How many know that when you truly walk in love, you walk in truth? We live in a society today that is increasingly avoiding truth. I've come to discover that many times people would rather be patronized than told the truth. People want you to, to make them feel good and say things, anything, uh, you know, even though, even though it's not true. Uh, we live in a world today that deception and lies are all around the place. From our government to our, found, to our financial institutions, everywhere you turn around, there is lies and deceptions. How many know the Bible says that Satan is a god of this world? Simply means that Satan has blinded the, the minds of people so they, they cannot see the truth. He is the father of life. And, and, the, and, the, and, and the fact that Satan is the father of life ought to tell us something in terms of how he operates and really how the world operates. And so how many know that the church is called to be that beacon of truth, that hope in the world today? When people wanted, the Bible says that, that the church is the pillar and ground of, a tr of the truth. The church, you. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Simply put, that when people want to know what truth is, when people really want to know what truth look like, when people who are out there today who are saying, is there anybody we can trust anymore? Is there anybody that's going to really tell the truth? When people are seeking and wanting to know, how many know they need to be able to look to the church? The church must operate. We must be a people of impeccable character. We must be a people of integrity because everything about the enemy is lies and deceit. And how many know the church ought not be that way? we got to embrace truth. Truth is the foundation from which ministry operates. Everything that we do must be based in truth. One of the things that I have noticed over the years is that the church is really at a crossroads. We're at a crossroads. Do we tell people what they want to hear, or do we tell people the truth? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? The church is really struggling with this today. Because, you see, we don't want to offend nobody. We don't want to, and, and unfortunately, some of, the, some of our church leaders, we don't want to lose members and we certainly don't want to lose the people that got big pockets. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so what we do is we don't want to tell people the truth. I, one time I sit there and I watched a man on television and he was asked a biblical question that our kids would know in Bible school. 
And the Bible is very clear. And I watched that man just hum. And he did not want to say the truth because he was afraid that somebody was going to get offended. But how many know that if we're going to help people, we got to tell them the truth? How many know that God, his word is all of the, the, the foundation of the church is built on the truth of Jesus Christ? And we can't let the enemy push us around. We can't be intimidated. We can't be sitting back, well, well, I don't want to say that because I might offend them or I might hurt them. How many know that if I can offend and hurt some people into the kingdom, I'll do it? If it'll get them saved, I'll do it. And, and I will say today that the church got to stand up and we got to rise because I understand this thing today. I, I see it. I mean, people are uncertain and the pressures of this world today got the church a little bit back on its heels. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We, we, we're sitting back, we're thinking, oh, oh, I, I want to flow with the crowd. But how many know that Jesus didn't call you to flow with the crowd? Uh, the Bible says that you are sitting on a hill. He said, you're the light of the world. You're the inspiration. We're the ones that bring light in the darkness. And that life is truth. Love rejoices in truth. And so we have to walk in this love. Because how many know when you really love people, you tell them the what? Is it no wonder that the devil got you intimidated that some of us don't even want to open our mouth and share our faith with anybody? Some of us, we don't even want to talk about our faith in what God has done in our lives because fear of isolation. And now we've gotten to the point where we say, well, their faith is between them and God. I got nothing to do with that. Can I ask you a question? Where is that teaching in the Bible? Uh, somewhere I read that we are his hands and we are his feet. Are you hearing me? Where is that teaching in the Bible that that's between you and your God? I got nothing to do with it. If you ever hear a Christian say that around you, smack him right in the face. Wake them up. Because how many know that you and I have been called to engage the generation? Yes. We got to preach truth whether people want to hear it or not, in season and out of season, because at the end of the day, the only way that people are going to get free is they got to know truth. They have to know it. And church, we got to get this thing right. We can't allow the enemy to push us in a corner to the point that we are silent and we are afraid to say what God's word says. It's easy for me. What does the Bible, people ask the question, what does the Bible say? I just go back to, well, this is what the Bible say about it. It's quite, it's easy, amen? Jesus, how many of you believe this book? How many believe it's the word of God? Cover to cover. And how many believe it is the truth? It is truth. The world want to know what truth is, it's in the word. The world want to know what's real, it's right here. God has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. We have it. Look at the neighbor and say, you got it. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6 says two things. It says, love does, doesn't rejoice in iniquity. Watch this, church. Stay with me. And love rejoices in truth. So let's deal with the first one. How many of you know the Bible says that love cannot, should not, will not rejoice in iniquity? Let me tell you why. Because the Bible says that God is love. And how many know that since God is love, love is God? God is love, 
love is God. So love cannot re- rejoice in iniquity because it is against the nature of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, this is why, see, this is why we got to be very, very careful. See, when you really walk in love, you don't rejoice in iniquity. Now, 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 now see, this is why, let me, let me say this by, by way of side note. This is why, and the Lord spoke to me about this. He spoke to pastor. So if you don't even want to have anything to do with it, that's fine. But how many know that we need to be careful what we watch on TV? Because if you ain't careful, you'll start rejoicing in iniquity. How many know the tell? Come on, y'all. Is anybody here? I'm saying the TV is filled with adultery, fornication. Come on, immorality. If you ain't, if you don't watch yourself, you'll start rejoicing over somebody that's cheating on his wife. And you're relegated, well, that's just a TV program. It ain't me. Watch yourself. Jesus said, be very careful what you put in your spirit because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? So whatever you let in, after a while, haven't you noticed that, that, that now people get more, as, 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 as we move on in the history, that, that people seem to get more softer as it relates to sin? It's a progression because you fill your mind and your heart with that stuff. But when you walk in love, you don't rejoice in iniquity. You don't celebrate iniquity. Love won't let us do it. Authentic love. Because God is love. Love is God. God is holy. God is righteous. And so we don't celebrate and we do not rejoice in iniquity. But it says that love rejoices in Truth. Everybody say truth. truth. Now, what kind of, what truth are we talking about? Because how many know that they're, depending on who you talk to, everybody got their own version of what truth is. <laughs> Am I right about it? Depending on who you talk to, I mean, man, it's amazing how people can conjure up their minds, the kind of God they want, the kind of principles that they want, and they, and they, and they make up their own way. But the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man. Come on, church. But the end thereof is is what? Death. There's a way that seems right to a man. So when the Bible says love rejoices in truth, whose truth? What truth are we talking about? The truth that we're talking about is a truth that is defined by God. Now hear this. Are you still listening? Say amen. Truth comes from God. His word. Whatever God says is true. Well, I don't agree with it. Nobody asks you what you agree with. Nobody, listen, the Bible is true whether you agree with it, like it or not. It is what it is. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will what? Remain forever. So when we talk about truth, we're talking about what God says. So whatever God says about an issue I don't need to argue about it. I don't even have to explain it. I made, has, has anybody ever read the Bible and there are some things in the Bible that you don't even really like? It offends you. Get over it and get with the word. Because the Bible is truth. And how many know that we have to embrace truth? Because we don't know what truth is. If you don't believe that, look around you. The whole world is confused. I mean, I mean... <laughs> Just look at the politics of this season. I mean, if he, if, I don't know what else to say. Our country is coming off the rails in so many ways. And how many know that we got to point people back to him? We got to point people back to Jesus. But how many know that we got to embrace the truth? So here's, it's easy when I say, when I say easy, 
It's easy because it's, it's what, 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 how do, Pastor, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Well, what does, the, what, does the, what does the word of God say about it? Because whatever the Bible says, that's what I believe. I'm not going to question it. Yes, I may not even like it. One preacher I heard one time, he did do that. He says, well, listen, I, I just, you know, I'm not here to tell you what I think. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. If you don't know what else, then you ought to know what the Bible says. Amen? Because the Bible is truth. How many believe that the Bible is truth? So love rejoices in truth. Not your opinion, but what God's word says. What did God say? That is truth. You've got to settle that in your mind. That whatever this book says is truth. Because the minute that you don't, if you start to pick and choose, how many know you lose your power? You lose any real credibility. How can you believe anything about this book if you want to pick and choose? Either it's the word of God or either it's not. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? John 14, 6 says this. Jesus said to him, look, look at this. They're talking about how many know that, that Jesus embodies truth? Now, let me, let me say this. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. How many know that when you talk about Jesus, you talk about God? When you talk about God, you talk about Jesus. God, Jesus, they're one and the same. Now watch this. So Jesus said this in John 14, 6. Watch this. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Jesus said to him, I am the way. Watch this. The truth. Everybody say truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. How many ways can you interpret that? Now, let me, let me help us with this. Now, Jesus said that he is the way, he is the life, he is the one that grants access to the Father. He says nobody can get there but except through him. Now, we live in a society today, how many know the people in, around you, they don't want to hear that? And, and, if I'm, and if I'm real honest, some folk may just get downright offended and say, who do Christians think they are? Well, how many know that this is truth? Jesus says, that, look, if Jesus said, how many know that this is a truth we've got to preach? If we have any chance of reaching man, whether they like it or not, we have to speak this truth. It's true because Jesus said it. He says he's the way, the truth. Everybody say the truth and the life. He didn't say he was a truth, a part of the truth, some remnants of the truth, one among many truths. He said, listen to me, church. He said, I am the truth. Love rejoices in truth. If we really love people, we have to tell them that Jesus is the only way. You have to do that because when you don't, you're not loving them. You're a part of the problem, and you're not the solution. You have to come to a place where you say, God, I believe your word. Your word is truth. Truth about the whole of life is discovered in Christ. The whole of life. You want to know truth about relationships? Look to Jesus. You want to know truth about money? Look to Jesus. You want to know truth about heaven or hell? Look to Jesus. 
You want to know the truth about politics? Look to Jesus. You want to know the truth about sexual identity? Look to Jesus. You want to know the truth about war and peace? Look to Jesus. Wherever you want to look no truth, look to Jesus. Because he said, I am the way, the truth. Truth and the life. And how many know that there are so many people walking around today? They're looking. They're wanting to know. And, and all the while, the devil got us pushed back in the corner, and we're intimidated because the devil is, is daring us to say what I just quoted. Daring you to say, you better not say that. You bigot, you better not. But how many know that sometimes truth might hurt, it might sting, but at the end, it'll help you? <clears throat> yeah. My mom used to give me medicine, that old nasty castor, what's that? All I always get it wrong, but it, I, it was nasty. But you know what's nasty going down? But boy, it helped you in the end. How many know that if we're going to get people where they need to be, they need to drink Jesus. Period. Period. There is no other way. He is the hope of the world. That's it. Are y'all still tracking with me? Is everybody okay with that? Okay with it or not? It's truth. Everybody say truth. Now watch this. John 8.32. Great turn there. John 8.32. It's a powerful verse. And here Jesus says, you will know the truth. (laughs) He said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How many know that a lot of people are not free today because they reject truth? A lot of people are not free today because sometimes we don't tell them the truth. How many know that if you really, if people, if you're really going to get people free, you got to hit them with truth. And, and, and listen to this, because see, I understand this thing because even as 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 parents, sometimes in our society today, we are afraid to hold our kids even accountable. Because how many know our kids are under pressure today? We, you know, and we are afraid to even hold our kids accountable because you know we don't want them to get mad, or we don't want them to go away, or we don't want to lose them. Can I say something to you? Unless you get truth to them, you've already lost them. They need truth. You're not going to help them by letting them think the way that they're living is okay when God says it's not. Is anybody hear what I'm saying? So what happens is, Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set people free. So watch this. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. Are you hearing me? And if the people around us are going to get free, you have to preach truth to them. Truth. And we already have discovered what that truth is. And how many know today that our silence sometimes is being interpreted as approval? Your silence, your saying nothing is being interpreted by a lot of folks like, hey, I guess what I'm living the way I'm living, it's okay. How many know that God didn't put you where you are to keep your mouth shut? Somebody need to hear that. God, God did not assign you where you are. I know you think you're on the planet just to live and pay bills to survive. That devil is a liar. If that's the way you live and you've been hoodwinked, you've been duped. You've been duped. God has, you're on an assignment. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm on an assignment. You're on an assignment from God. God did not plant you where you are so that you can keep quiet. He planted you where you are. He planted you where you are so that you can get people free. 
And the only way you're going to get people free is you got to tell them the truth, whether they like it or they don't. How many know there was a lot of people that, that got mad at Jesus in this day? But how many know But there was a whole lot of people that got right and they got delivered? Are you hearing me? See, we live in a society today. People want freedom, but yet, but yet, but yet, but they don't want to do what it takes to get in, to, to be free. See, we want freedom. Everybody wants free. You see it all the time. You know, I want to be free. I don't know about you, but I have discovered freedom is living in Christ. I'm telling you right now, freedom is not being a slave to anything but Jesus. Freedom is not being a slave to anything but to love God, to love his people. How many know that is freedom? That is freedom. And let me tell you something right now. If you are walking in sin today and the devil has tricked you, in the end, it will not go well for you until you turn to Christ. Your freedom is in the truth. But not only that. How many know Jesus, when Jesus said you know the truth and the truth will make you free? How many know that Jesus just didn't say that to mean that they're just words? How many know that doers of his word are blessed? Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a what? A doer of the word. How many know we got to do the word? So, so, so get this, church. So we have the capacity to set people free. Look at yourself. Look at, this, and look at yourself this way. See yourself in the spirit as a bell's bondsman. You know what that means? You just walk around helping people to get free. Everywhere you go, you just walk around and you just help people get free. You have the treasure in you to do it. You have the power in you to do it. But watch this. But we got, but we got to walk in truth. We can't, we can't lie. We can't, we can't sugarcoat. We can't let the world think that they're okay when they're not. We can't let our Jesus be dragged through the mud and we don't say anything. Are you hearing me? We can't allow it to happen. Truth will set you free. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 4. Could you give me a little bit more uh, mic, please? Just a little bit more. Look at this church. I told you before that the Corinthians church was a mess, right? An absolute and total mess. And there was just, just a mess, and Paul had to straighten some things out. So what the apostle did was, Paul wrote them in 1 Corinthians. You read the book of 1 Corinthians, man, it's just one rebuke after another. One rebuke after another. So then Paul writes another letter to the same church, to the Corinth. And basically, Paul had to explain to them why he did what he did. He had to explain to them why he did it. Now watch this. Paul said, now watch. Look at verse 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 4. <clears throat> he says, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you, watch this church, with many tears that you should be grieved, but that you might know, look at this, the love which I have so abundantly toward you. Understand something. Here Paul, <clears throat> Paul had to deal with all the, the church's issues. He had to write him a letter because they were out of control. And the Bible, and Paul said he did it with tears. He said, sit down and he wrote the letter because he knew that if he was going to, if he had to tell the folks the truth, and he did, he knew that there were going to be some people that was going to get hurt. He knew probably there were going to be some people that was going to be mad. 
He knew there would probably be some people that might walk out. He knew that there would be some people that would misunderstand him. So Paul said, I sit down and I wrote this letter with tears. He said, I was hurting. He said, I had anguish of heart for what I had to write to you, but I had to do it because how many know that love made him do it? Love made him do it. Paul said, I did this. He said, I made you grieve. I wrote this letter with tears, but I want you to understand that I did it because I love you. I did it because I love you. Love, how many know when you really love somebody, it will compel you to tell them the truth? It may hurt you even to do it. You may even risk rejection. You may have to risk losing some people every now and then, but in the end, you'll gain them if you stay true to God. Paul said, I wrote this letter. <clears throat> he said, I had anguish in my heart. He said, I was, I was hurting. I did it with tears, but I had to do it. And I feel like the Lord, somebody, the Lord is speaking to somebody. Somebody in this room, you're hearing this, and God's been telling you, you've been knowing for a while that you need to communicate truth, and you've been holding back because you're afraid that if you do it, you're going to lose them, that they're not going to. God says you need to be faithful to his word. Trust God. Trust God. Because people won't get delivered unless they know the what? Truth. Truth is the only thing that's going to set people free. Not making, not allowing them to walk in their lives. Are you hearing me? Not allowing them to walk in deception. Not allowing them to be confused. Truth will set people free. I don't like the truth. I don't like, it doesn't matter what you like. It matters what God says. And Paul exemplified this. Ephesians 4, 15 says this, and I'm winding down. He says, watch this. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. As we said before, love must always be the full inspiration behind everything that we do. But understand something, church. Are you still listening? Say amen. amen. Our spiritual growth is measured in terms of how we communicate with one another. When we don't tell people the truth, when we don't communicate what God is saying or what God is showing you, you're not helping that person. I, I, I've been there. I've done that. There have been times, man, you know, you, you know I've been, I, the devil has punked me, for lack of better words. He has punked me. But how many of you know that when the Bible says you can speak, we should speak the, 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 speak the word with love, that's what it says, you're speaking the truth in love. Everybody say truth. You speak it in love, meaning that, watch this, that, that if you do it right, that even if a person disagrees with what you said, they will walk away from that conversation knowing that you care about them. But listen, but you don't want them walking away from you just as mad and just as angry. Now, if they do that, you make sure that it wasn't because of your attitude. You make sure that you spoke the truth in love. And love me, I am telling you this, not because I want to one-up you, not because I want to win the argument, not because I want to make myself feel better. I'm telling you this because I want you to be helped. How many people in our midst are not being helped because we don't talk? Even in the church, we'd rather talk about somebody than go talk to them. 
it's much easier, easier to pull somebody in the corner. Are you hearing me? It's much easier to pull somebody in a corner and talk about folks than it is to go to them and say, brother, sister, can I talk to you? I just want to share something that God put on my heart. I want you to know that I love you. But, but, but this about you, it got to change. This what you're doing, the way you're living, you got to change. The way, the way, because I don't want, listen, I don't want the consequences of your sin to crush you. So I, I'm coming to help you. Woe be unto us if we do not step in there and help people. How many know that God gave you eyes and ears so you can be a, a help? God reveals something. How many of you know, listen by show of hands, how many of you know some dirt on somebody? Come on, raise your hand. Come on. Just about everybody here knows some dirt about somebody. What have you done with it? Have you perpetuated that? Or have you said, you know what? I'm going to be the person that's going to do something about it. I'm going to make it right. So I'm going to, I'm going to get you in the corner and I'm going to talk to you, but I'm going to do it with love. I mean, no, this is what will set people free. I've had, I've had people say to me, I had parents who say to me, this is a side note, you know, I don't know how you feel about spanking, but, you know, I'm talking about young kids now. Uh, but then I, say, I always say, I, I, I don't believe in spanking. And I, was, and I used to say to them, well, you don't believe in the Bible. Because the Bible teaches it. Proverbs. It says, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction. Some kids are out of control because their parents do not exercise the word of God. And how many know God created you? If God say the foolishness is in there, he said the only way to drive it out is to spank their butt every now and then. How many know you? But do what God says because he knows better. He knows better. I'd rather spank their butt myself and have to pull somebody in their uniform hitting them. Are you with me? I'd rather do it when they're young. We got to stay true to the word of God because men don't know what they're talking. How many know men don't know what they're talking about? The only thing I know is this. This is, uh, this is my safety net. This is all I know right here. It's the word. Finally, there's a couple things. <clears throat> and I want to say this. John 3, uh, 3 John chapter 1, verse 3 says this. This is John, the apostle talking. He says, I have no greater joy than to see my children Walk in truth. <laughs> I got no greater joy than to see, watch the body walk in truth, live in it. Because when we walk in truth, how many know we walk in love? And how many know that transparency is the key to walking in love? I was talking to a brother the other day talking to him over the phone and uh, he's struggling I mean struggling mightily and I said to this brother I said does anybody in your church know about him no nobody knows and they are just being beat up and I said you better open your mouth it's good that you talk to me but you need to find somebody else that will help you walk through this thing. How many know that the transparency is the key? How many know if we're going to walk in truth, we got to be transparent and we got to give people the permission. We got to give people the permission to come and confess whatever it is that's troubled with them. 
and you got to look at them not with big eyes like, I'm shocked. But we have to say, you know what, brother? If somebody come, I don't care who you are. You should be able to find somebody in here. I, I don't know about you, but I refuse to come through those doors every Sunday and walk in here and leave the same when I came in. I'm going to be changed. So listen, if I got to get me somebody, there's somebody, brother, sister, can we talk? I'm about to drop some heavy stuff on you, but here's the problem. If I don't, if I don't deal with this thing, I can't get free. There are a lot of people sitting in this church, even in this room right now, who are not free because they haven't opened their mouths to get free. And truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. Not, what, not, not the face that we put on. Not what we want people to see. How many of you, how many of you want to... You, you don't want a church like that. You don't want a church full of fakers. Come on, church. You want, people, you want to be with the people that got real problems, real issues, and can find somebody in the church and say, can I drop this on you? It's going to be quite heavy, but I need to get free. Listen to me. Come on, church. If we do that, think about... Think about the kind of love that we would have toward for each other. You got pastors, you got leaders, you got people all over the place who are walking in deception, who are in bondage, who can't get free because they're afraid to tell the truth. And so what do we do? We hide. We put on the masks because we don't want people to see what we really, what we really are. And on the, all the while, we're dying on the inside. We're dying on the inside. And Satan is on the outside clapping his hand. But let me tell you something. You know how you get free? You go find somebody. I know you talk to God. I know you're spiritual. I know you pray. I got, I got all that. Don't even, But find somebody else to talk to. The Bible says confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. Maybe you ain't being healed because you just been talking to God and you ain't been talking to nobody else. I mean, no, that's Bible too. Paul said this in closing his series, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 7 and 8. He says, watch this. Love bears all things. Hear this, church. I love this verse. Bears all things. In other words, no matter how hard our relationships are, I mean, no, love is the glue that will get us over the top. Love will do it every time. Love is the clincher. Love makes all the difference. Love believes all things. In other words, when I say love believes all things, you know what that simply means? That we just think the best of one another. I I mean, we just need to stop being suspicious, always trying to judge each other's motives. Stop trying to play God and just love people. Or why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? You don't need Just love them. Walk with God. If God wants you to know, he'll show you to you. He'll show you. You don't need to walk around all suspicious. Why they did Get rid of that spirit. It's of the devil. I'm telling you. Love believes. In other words, love always thinks the best of other people. I'm going to assume the best. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to assume the best about you. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that you want better for your life. I'm going to believe that you want to be helped. I choose to do this. Because when we walk in any other spirit, it undermines the spirit of love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It believes all things. It endures, it endures all things. We can, we can and we will endure together the, challenge, the challenges that we face as a ministry, as a church, and as a people. 
And Paul ends it this way. He said, love <clears throat> never fails. Never. Did y'all hear that? You can't ever go, you can't ever love somebody too much. Not with God's kind of love. He says, love never fails. There are a lot of things that's failing in this world. Am I right about it? But the one thing he said that will never fail is love. So here's what I need to do. I need, that's why Paul said, desire spiritual gifts, but pursue love. Pursue that because at the end of the day, you're going to win if you love. God is love. How many know that his children walk in love? If we commit to do this, church, our next four, five, six months, this year is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be an amazing time because we allow the Spirit of God to transform us from the inside out. You can't grow from the outside in. You grow from the inside out. Trust me. Real growth happens on the inside out. We allow the Holy Spirit to come in and change us. And we walk in this kind of love. The sky's the limit. Amen. If you receive that word, come on, give Jesus a praise clap. Every hit.